many storm chasers do we have in here? How many of you like to go outside when the thunderstorms kind of roll in over summertime? Any storm chasers? Anybody like that? How many of you, uh, you know, have seen some, you know, storms produce some weird things, don't they? You know, they can produce some uh, weird things, some weird phenomenons. Uh, they can, they can just really create some havoc and they just create some interesting things. I remember when I was a kid, uh, we, um, we lived, my dad was a pastor, and we had a church out in the country, you know, really out in the country in West Virginia. And uh, I remember the night before, we had this really bad storm. And so the next morning, <clears throat> we're leaving uh, our house, and um, we kind of walked, we would walk through our garage out to our car, because no one parks their cars in their garage, right? So anyhow, we're walking through our garage, and there was a screen door that opened up and, and to go into the garage. Well, uh, my mom was uh, going out first, and uh, she had like her arms full of some groceries and things like that. And so she was leaving, and she threw up in the screen door. And when she did, um, the night before, apparently, uh, it, the storm drove in this huge black snake into our garage. I mean, this thing was huge. And uh, when she threw up in the screen door, it pinched the tail of this snake, and it started doing one of these numbers, you know. And so I, of course, exclaimed, Mom, snake. In which by that time, my mom was desensitized to my proddings or what. You know, I cried wolf one time too many. And so she was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And she turned around and saw this 20-foot cobra, you know, doing one of these numbers, king cobras. And, I don't, you know, my mom, I know it's hard to believe, but my mom is a, is, is a small, she's a small lady. And so... Um, I'll never forget the sound that came out of her body when she saw this snake. And she, she felt, she said, later on she said she felt trapped between the snake and getting back into the house and getting out of the garage. And this is the day before uh, we had the automated, uh, automatic uh, garage door openers. You know what I'm saying? The old school kind where you had to like bend down and grab a hold of it. And they were made of lead. Remember those? They were like really heavy, and they were on these tracks like our new, these now. But I remember, I remember my mom turning around, looking at this, throwing up everything that was in her arms. And to this day, I don't think we still found the, everything that was in her arms. I don't know where it went. And she screams, and she bends down in one motion and grabs a hold of this door and throws it up. And I swear to you, I thought this door was going to go off the back of the tracks, you know. I mean, this thing shook violently. And she runs out into the driveway, uh, you know, yelling or kind of looking at, yell, well, kind of yelling, not yelling, but kind of yelling. <laughs> At my dad and I, who I'm just standing there, I thought she was having a heart attack. I, I mean, the snake was like right in front of us. We're just kind of like watching her because I thought, she, I thought for sure she was dying. But this storm had blew in this snake, and I'll never forget that. And we still laugh about it today and, and just how unnerved she became over this. But, you know, when we look at that, you know, when we look at storms like this in our lives, um, you know, the physical storms, what about the storms in our lives? What about the storms that are not so much the physical ones, but the ones that, that are on the horizon that's getting ready to brew in our lives? You know, those aren't so fun to observe, are they? You know, when you see a storm coming into your life, or there's a storm that's in your life right now, we're not so eager or excited to, to stand out and look and to watch uh, what's going to unfold with one of those storms. In, in Mark chapter 4, I think we, we kind of have this same type of little situation taking place with some of the disciples. If you would turn with me to Mark chapter 4, I want to take a look at this uh, particular um, story. And within that story, there's four questions that I want us to take, that I want us to pay close attention to. Four questions. And in Mark chapter 4, starting with verse 45, um, 
it says this, Jesus, or it says that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, meaning Jesus, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke up and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died and down, and it was completely calm. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. You know, this storm was probably, have you ever seen that movie, The Perfect Storm, with George Clooney? Uh, in that movie, it, you know, it kind of it, it plays off, uh, dramatizes this, this storm that all the elements just lined up perfect to produce this perfect storm, this, this horrendous storm. And, and this is kind of like, I think this is one of those storms. It was one of those storms that wasn't just like a summer thunderstorm. It was a storm that just kind of brewed up that was just unlike any other storm that these guys had experienced. Now, let's think about this right off the bat. Let's, 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 let's just really think about, look into the text and think about this. These guys were experienced sailors. These guys were experienced fishermen. So I think for these guys who, who made their living off the water, or in the water, however you would say that, that made their living from the water, I think they probably experienced a storm or two. I don't think this was their first rodeo, okay? I think they probably experienced some storms. And to read something where these guys that were veterans of the sea, veterans of the water, were so afraid that they thought they were going to lose their lives. I'm not so sure it was a little thunderstorm that just kind of crept up. You know what I mean? It says in our text that it was a, it was a furious squall. But, but I mean, to, just to think about these guys that were very experienced uh, knew that their skills couldn't handle this one. And so that's the kind of storms that we want to talk about today. Those are the kind of storms that happen within our lives. The storms that brew up, the ones that we don't have any control over, nor do we ever have control over these types of things. But the, the, this type of storm, it it could be the death of a loved one. It could be the death of a, or, or the death of a loved one. It could be a relationship coming to a close. It could be that dreaded late night phone call that every parent thinks about and hopes and prays will never happen to them, where they get a phone call in the middle of the night that the person on the other end is telling them that their ch- child was involved in an accident and they need to come to the hospital as quickly as possible. It's it's the type of storm where you go into the doctor for a routine checkup and they say we found a tumor. And we need to take a sample of it and figure out what it is. And then they tell you you have cancer. It may be a financial storm. I don't know. You know, there's all kinds of storms that we experience within our lives. The ones that we look at and we say, this one is going to take me down. This one is going to destroy me. And here's the kicker of it all, guys. Jesus even told us right up front that we're going to have troubles. Jesus told us in the Gospels right up front that we were going to experience storms within our lives, whether it be persecuted for following Him or just in general. Living in a fallen world, we are going to experience storms within our lives. I think this story, if you will, uh, looking at these questions, I think this story is a story that enables us to see how God wants to how God wants us to learn to handle these types of storms that come in our lives. And I think that weathering these storms has so much to do with the questions, these four questions that we see within our text. The first question that we see is this. The disciples uh, get so scared that they, they go to Jesus and they say, don't you even care that we're going to die? Now that's a legitimate question, isn't it? 
It's not hard to imagine why they asked Jesus this. I mean, the boat's sinking, the boat's becoming swamped, and here's Jesus asleep in the back of the boat or on the stern, wherever the stern's at. The stern in the front or is that the bow? Where's the stern at? I need help. Back. Okay, thank you. Did anybody else know the answer to that? Or was... Thank you. Anyhow, he's asleep in the back of the boat, right? He's asleep in the stern of the boat. Now, here's, here's, here's what I want to point out, though, guys. You know, when, when storms creep up in our lives, when we're on the boat and storms creep up in our lives, these storms within our lives, is, there's a head and heart issue here, okay? Cognitively, cognitively, those of us that have placed our faith and trust in the Christ, cognitively, we know that God is there, right? We've been told, we read, we believe cognitively in our heads that God is there. That God's not some distant person. That God's not some distant entity. That God just didn't say, okay, great, you're part of my family now. Let's, you know, go, go see how you're, this is going to play out. We don't believe that. Cognitively, we know that God is with us. We believe, we say that God is, is, is part of our lives, that he's there, he's walking with us. But yet when storms really hit our lives, doesn't it feel like sometimes that Jesus is asleep? Doesn't it feel like Jesus is in our boat, but it's like, where are you at, Jesus? And furthermore, how can you sleep through such a storm? Do you not see me drowning here? Do you not see me really trying to grab everything I can grab a hold of to make sense of this storm? And let's be honest, guys. Let's just, we're going to be real today, okay? Let's just be real with one another. Isn't there something deep, 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 deep down inside of us that believes that when we give our hearts and our lives to Christ, that we won't face any storms? I mean, seriously. We, at some level, we, I think deep, deep down, we believe that. We believe that, okay, I gave my life to Christ as a Christ follower. I'm going to be okay because God's going to prevent some of these storms from taking place within our life. The question is, what happens when they do? What happens to our faith when they do? How do we weather them out? And I think it's okay to be honest with God with our fears, with our emotions. In fact, I think it's very important. I think he's, you know, when we, when the story says, don't you care, uh, you know, when, when they cry out, when they cry this out to Jesus, I think it's, I think it's very real. And I think it's some of the, that's some of the raw emotion that God wants from us. When you take a look at the word cry, just from the book of Psalms, it's used over like 50 or so times, uh, in the book of Psalms. We read about King David constantly Constantly crying out to God, say, God, you know, where are you at? God, if you don't show up, this, this, my enemies are going to take me over. God, if you don't show up, my life is going to crumble. It's going to shatter into pieces. And I think it's when, it, and so often when, we, when it talks about crying to God in pain and doubt and confusion, don't you care? It's, that's when we, I think that's what God wants to hear from us. And God wants to experience those, those, that same type of emotions from us. Because when we think about our earthly relationships, when you're going through a storm in your life, Melissa even talked about this in her, uh, when she was leading worship. She said she was talking about, remember when she was talking about Peter falling in the water? And she said, you know, is her first reaction to cry out to God? Is our first reaction to cry out to God, say, God, where are you at? God, save me. God, you know, grab a hold of me. Or is it to, to call to someone else? And a lot of times in our earthly relationships, when we go to someone else and we have that type of conversation, it enables us to, uh, to, to, to become closer to that person, right? I mean, that person begins to discover and, 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 and begin to learn who we truly are. But, but here's the kicker. It's the same way with God. Our relationship, I think, becomes more intimate when we're able to cry out to God and really, really communicate our raw, raw emotions to Him and say, God, where are you at? 
God, you know, you know, where just really crying out to him and saying, God, if you don't show up, I am going to, I am going to fail. So, so they cry out to Jesus. Jesus gets up, and I love the way the video says the, he rebukes the wind and he rebukes the rain. And it says in the video, in the one translation, it says, "And there was a dead calm." It's just like when Jesus shows up, you know, in the in, in certain turmoil, in certain things, Jesus shows up and says. Enough is enough. And there's this dead calm that takes place. So they cry out to him. He speaks a few words. And this particular storm is calmed. Now, I know. I I don't know about you. But for me, I wish God would do that same type of miracle in every storm that comes into my life. Where I would just cry out to God and God says, enough. Over. But for some reason, he doesn't. Some of you have had storms within your life. Some of you are sitting in a storm right now that it's very real to you. And you feel like that if, some, if God doesn't show up, if something doesn't happen, if God doesn't uh, awake or whatever, however you want to word that, if God doesn't show up, you're going to drown. You're going down. Your boat is sinking. You're going down. And so, you know, it's so, it's so awesome when God just shows up like that. But for a lot of times, God wants us to go through that particular storm. Why? I think it's because we begin to develop this, this intimate relationship with Him and we learn new, new things about Him, which we will discuss here in, a little bit, uh, here in a few more moments. But the first question is this. You know, Jesus, why are you sleeping? Where are you at? The second question, after He wakes up, there's a second question, and it comes from Jesus. After He rebukes the wind and the waves and all that stuff, and, he, and there's this dead calm, He looks at His disciples and He says this, Why are you so afraid? Now, I don't know about you, and let's be real. I don't know about you, but if Jesus would ask me that question, I'd be thinking, are you kidding me? Did you not just see the storm? Did you not just see what took place? Did you not? I know you were asleep, but at some point you saw what was taking place. I mean, why was I? I mean, come on, Jesus, what a silly question that is. But I don't think he's, let's, I want to take a different perspective. I don't think he's admonishing them. I want to look at a different way of looking at this, because sometimes we'll say, well, Jesus is admonishing them for not having faith or, you know, for not trusting him. But t- let's take a different viewpoint of this. Let's take a look at something else. I think he's, I think he's telling them that they shouldn't be afraid and that he's getting, and he, and, or uh, that he's not telling them that, that they shouldn't be afraid and getting them to be afraid, but, but there's something else here. When he asks why you're not afraid, I think he's trying to help them see something different. I think he's trying to, 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 to shift their perspective, say this. Like, like, like we said, the disciples, some of them had spent their whole lives on the sea, right? I think these guys were fishermen. And if you, you know, um, uh, the whole biggest catch thing, did I, did I just ask you that? How many of you watch the biggest catch? You, you know what show I'm talking about? None of you guys watch TV, do you? You guys all read your Bible. One person. I've got two people from the same family. I love it. Um, the biggest catch is it, it, it's, a, it's a documentary of these guys who go, are on the, one of these fishing boats out like in Alaska, like north of Alaska. You know what I'm talking about? Alaska, one of our states, right? Okay. Okay, there we go. Um, and so they're out there, and, and, and they go through these huge, they're, you know, it's, it's an extremely dangerous uh, occupation, but they're catching these fish, lobster, whatever they catch, and, and, and these waves that sweep over their boats are absolutely incredible. And these guys have, like, nerves of steel. I'm, like, watching this, and I'm thinking, this is insane. I would be scared to death. Um, first of all, I wouldn't even be on the thing to begin with. And so, I mean, you just watch this. Guys, that's who these guys were, were they not? These guys made their living off of fishing. They've experienced some storms. But here's the kicker. When Jesus says, why are you so afraid? Maybe he was asking him this. Maybe he was getting them to look at, uh, look at the concept of, uh, of this. 
they were used to handling storms themselves, okay? They were used to these things. They were used to handling storms themselves. And this one, they couldn't handle their own. And is exactly why they were afraid. Now, as we look at this, I think a lot of times we, gram, you know, we glamorize the Scripture and we think, oh, that's a, that's a great story of faith or whatever. Guys, these guys feared. I mean, they were fearful of their lives. You've got, I wonder what all they did beforehand. And here's the issue. You know, it, it, it's just like us. We go into, just like they did, we go into this self-reliance mode. When a storm brews into our lives, we either go into self-protection or we go into the self-reliance mode. We try to take care of it ourselves. Where do we get this from? Where do we get, I, I would, where do we get, is it just from being human? Storms brew into our lives, things that are huge and magnanimous, and we think, hmm, I can fix this. And we try and try and try. We try to fix it ourselves. We try to weather it out on our own. I think these guys did exactly what they've always done. I mean, they probably paddled for all that it was worth. They probably threw up every sail. I, when I think about this storm that really rattled these guys, I wonder what it did to their boat. Do you think it might have ripped the sails? Do you think it might have, uh, you know, like the mast might have, whatever, I don't know what type of boat it was, but do you think the thing started to shatter? Do you think they might have lost a rudder? I mean, something happened during this storm to where these guys that have experienced it before got to the point where they said, you know what, we've tried everything, we're going down, we're going to die. And just like us, somehow, some, for some reason, that's where we have to, that's what we go through. A storm brews into our lives, and we start thinking about, how am I going to fix this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to make this better? What do I need to do? What do I need to line up? Who do I need to talk to? What books do I need to read? I mean, you name it. But here's the issue. When it comes to the really big storms in our lives, really any storm, but when it comes to the really big storms in our lives, self-help is an oxymoron. There are things that's going to happen to you. There are storms that's going to come, come into your life, and you start relying upon self, and it just makes it worse. It makes it absolutely worse. Some of you can testify to that. Some of you sitting here this morning can say, you know what, I've been through some storms in my life, and some of the things that I tried to do to fix it was just, it, just, it was the worst thing that could have ever happened instead of me just relying upon God. But for some reason, we think that we can fix it, regardless of what it is. Self-help. Self can say, try harder. It can say, you need to work a lot. Self-help might say, take another drink. Self-help might say, go self-medicate. Self-help might say, go, go shopping. Go do something that's going to get your mind. Anything you need to do to weather out the storm, go do it. Anything but turn to God. See, this is where the enemy's got us. This is where the enemy comes in and subtly deceives us, and we're trying to weather out storms on our own. Let me throw this out there. Do you think one of the greatest things God might be trying to do in your life, in my life, in the, church, in the life of our church is to teach us and strip away this concept of self-dependency? There is no way you can handle the storms in your life. We were camping a couple of weeks, uh, last week, and um, we camped with the Finnegans. We were sitting around the fire one night, and they asked me a question. They said, do you think people have to suffer? for their faith to be real. I thought about it for a second, and this is just my opinion. I said, yes, I do. How else do you know that your faith is real? How else are you going to know that your faith is real until it's put to the test? We just talked about it in the whole series. How else do we know? That stinks to think about it. It stinks to think that God allows certain storms to come into our lives But how else do we know that we can't handle storms on our own 
until a storm comes in our life and we try to handle it ourselves. And it crushes us. Self-dependency is the oxymoron, again, of, of dealing with going through a storm of our lives. The second question he asks is this. You know, are you, why are you so afraid? The next one he asks is this. Do you still have no faith? And again, let's take a different look at it. Instead of looking at it as them being scolded, let's look at it in a different way of him trying to remind them of why they could trust him in the storm and how they could have faith. Let's think about it for a second. These guys were walking with Jesus. These guys have seen some incredible things, right? Literally, walking with him, and they saw things firsthand. They saw things firsthand. They had seen him heal people of the diseases. They had seen him cast out demons. They had seen him battle with the forces of darkness like no one else could. They had seen him do some incredible things, some amazing things. But here's the kicker. When the storm came, it was like they forgot everything that they experienced. Do you still have no faith? Did you not just see some of the things that... Do you not remember some of the things that we experienced together? Did you not see me demonstrate myself time and time again? Did you see me not prove myself to you time and time again? But here's the issue, guys, and this is so key to weathering out the storm. How quick we are to forget. They had forgotten too, and how quick we are to forget. Throughout the Old Testament, the word remember comes up constantly. And I think it's because we are forgetful people. We are forgetful people. Our memory serves us horrible when it comes to this. It serves us awesome to, think, to, to drudge up the things to tear down someone else. Some of us can remember dates and times of things that happened 30 years ago. You remember when you said this to me 32 years ago? Uh, no. Do you remember when you did this? Do you remember when you said, oh, I can remember. I, we were sitting right in there, and I remember, I remember the curtains were drawn just a little bit. You flipped the lights on two times. You shut the, uh, Amazing, the details. But when it comes to remembering what Jesus has done in our lives in the past, how quick we are to forget. And you know what? You know what's even more kind of interesting, I think, is when we sing songs that just really, they feel good. They're church songs that feel good. We come in on Sundays and we sing these types of songs. We sang one today. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take Him at His word. Just to rest upon His promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him. How I've proved Him o'er and o'er. Is that your first reaction? When the storms brew in your life, when the storms brew in various places, uh, your workplace, the church, wherever it may be, when storms brew in, are you so quick to forget what Jesus has done in your life? Wait a minute. Man, I love singing that song. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Man, that just, gives, that just gets down and blesses me right where... And I'm not making fun of this song, guys. I'm questioning whether we mean it or not. We sing these songs. Let me tell you another song that we sing. The chorus goes like this. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. And we will stand up and we will sing that song with confidence. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. Right. Right. You let a storm brew in and you see the fear and the anger. You see the human emotions pop. Again, guys, I'm not saying this is easy to live out. But I'm simply saying we are so quick to forget. What has God done in your life? 
What are the storms? Think about it for a second. What are the storms that you've experienced in your life where Jesus showed up and He got you through that storm? The one where you were in your boat. You were sitting in your boat and things looked absolutely incredible. Things looked so devastating. You didn't know what to do. You didn't know to paddle. You didn't know the... You didn't know what to do. It got to the point to where you went through your whole self-help inventory, and there you sat, and then Jesus showed up, and he got you through. Do you remember those? Do you have those certain times in your life where you can actually stand and testify? You could actually say, let me tell you how Jesus has helped me weather out a storm. Or do you forget about it? Here's the issue. When we read this, passage of scripture I really do not believe that Jesus said let's go over to the other side because what I wanted to and what he didn't say is because in his mind he's thinking because what I really want you to do what I really want to do is I want to take you out in the middle of this sea so that you can drown I want to kill you I'm going to wax you off that's absurd to think that how many would believe that how many believe that in your own life if Jesus has brought you this far do you think he's going to let you go now we sang that song. Never let go. But so often when we're going through a storm, we're so quick to forget. Do you think Jesus has brought our church so far to forget about us? To allow it to... Something bad to happen? But more importantly, do we have that type of power over God? Do we have the power over God to say, God... I'm going to thwart your purpose in my life and in the church. We are quick to forget. Here's the issue. God will stick with you through every single storm that comes in your life. He's been there with you before and he's going to be there with you again. So, here's what happens. They enter the, they get into this storm They see Jesus asleep. They cry out to him, why in the world are you sleeping? He gets up and says, why are you afraid? And then he says, you know, do you not have any faith? And then the last question I want to focus on very quickly here is this. The disciples ask this after they see and witness all this. They say, who is this man? In our storms, the main thing God is up to is not just getting us through them. He's up to drawing us closer to Him in a deeper and more personal, fuller understanding of who He is. We've said this time and time again from this church. God is not concerned about your comfort, but more about your character. God is wanting to develop you. God is wanting to make you into the person that He's called and created you to be. God is wanting you so desperately to have this deep, intimate, full relationship with Him. And through this storm, I think these guys, these guys realized that they were in the presence of someone, someone that was more than just a teacher and a healer. Something they had seen. But when, they, when Jesus steps out and He does His thing, they begin to realize that this guy is much bigger than just a teacher and a healer. This guy's able to control the elements of the weather. They've read scriptures such as this in Psalms. Oh Lord God Almighty, who is like you? You rule over the surging sea when its waves mount up. You still them. They knew that the power, they knew that the power belonged, that type of power only belonged to God. And this is when they started to have this deeper realization. And here's the issue. It's only through these types of storms, guys, 
we just talked about this, and again, it goes back to this whole suffering. It goes back to all this, the, you know, this, this negativity that comes into our lives at times. It's only through these types of uh, situations that we can get a fuller, deeper grasp of who this is that we follow. That's the only time that we can experience that. That's the only time we really get a sense. Because we forget that that this Jesus that we follow can stand up in the front of our boats, speak to a hurricane, speak to a typhoon, speak to a tornado, and speak it into submission. So what storm is brewing in your life? What storm is brewing in the life of element? What storm are we all experiencing? What storm is, you know, individually are we each going through? And how are we going through that storm? Are we going into the self-protection mode? Or are we realizing that we follow a, a guy that's powerful? A guy that's going to follow through in what he says that he's going to follow through with. And we say, say, if he worked it that way in my life, if he calmed the storms like that, I can appreciate who he really is too. See, the thing of it is, many of us, and and I I wish it worked this way too, and sometimes it does, but for many of us, I think we look out, and and again, we just want to see a miracle take place. We just want to see Jesus instantaneously calm the storm. We want to see Jesus just show up and say, enough is enough. But so often, it's Him taking us through that to prove to us that He's capable of helping us navigate through that storm. Listen to what Isaiah says. God says through the prophet Isaiah, When you go through deep waters of great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Here's the question, guys. Let me just, let's close by saying this. What rivers are you facing? What storm is in your life? What, what great thing is taking place within your life where, you're, where you feel like right now today that you're going to drown? Or that you see a storm brewing on the horizon and you're saying, you know what? This could be it. This could be the one that does, that, that, that does me in. What storm is there? And I'm just suggesting that, that if you're in the middle of a storm right now, regardless of what type it may be, or if you're seeing a storm on the horizon, I'm just suggesting to you right now, could this be the time where you just stop and you pause and you reflect upon these four questions in your life this week? You think about these questions and you think, God, how is it that I'm going to weather through this storm? And God, how can I weather through this storm in the way that you want me to weather through? How can I weather through this storm to where I see you in a way that I've never seen you before, where it draws me closer into to a relationship with you. It deepens my, this, 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 um, uh, this, 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 this personal relationship that I have with you. Listen to that verse again. When you go through deep waters of great trouble, I will be with you. You see, here's the key. There's people in our lives that let us down on this. We look around and a lot of times we base these biblical promises on the things that we've experienced. I've been let down. You've been let down. People have said things to, uh, to you that says, you know what, I always be there. And when it, tough times came, they weren't with you. 
People have said, you know, I'm with you, man. I support you. I'm, I'm there. I'm praying for you. I'm going to be there. I'm going to walk through this storm with you. But yet when the storm clouds came in, when it got really rough, they left. And so, so often we take that experience and we transpose it over onto God's promises. And we struggle with this kind of stuff. But God says this, when you go through deep waters of great trouble, I will be with you. He goes on to say, when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Guys, that's a promise. That's a promise. That's a promise of hope. That's a promise that says that we can weather out any storm that may come in our life. Regardless of how big and devastating and, and um, how, how it looks like tragedy. The question is, do we take that promise and live on it? And live our lives, base our lives on it? Or do we try to weather through it on our own? We're going to close with a song, and I just pray that you would make this, again, uh, the prayer of your prayer of your heart as we, as we uh, close our time here together. Lord God, we are reaching for you. We're singing. We're, breaking, we're opening our hearts to you, God. And God, this morning as we go on to our weeks, um, I pray that you would just help us to uh, continue to surrender our lives to you, our hearts to you. In the days to come, I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to uh, just... Um, penetrate our hearts. I pray that it would have freedom. He would have freedom within our hearts uh, to do a ministry, God, to uh, help us to uh, become the people that you've called us to be, that as we weather out these storms in our lives and uh, the storm that may be in our lives now or, the, or, or uh, on the horizon, God, that we, instead of going into self-reliance, God, we would trust in you. You've, you've demonstrated yourself to us over and over again. And I pray, God, that you would just... Um, Again, help us to, to trust in you, reach out to you, singing to you, pouring our hearts out to you. And God, we just, I just pray and ask this in Christ's name. Amen.